how you guys doing? This is producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Who Day Over 40 podcast for long time, long suffering Cincinnati Bengals fans. Who day, everybody? If you're on the podcast version, you heard the Civil War music playing over from the Avengers or Captain America Civil War movie, which actually happened to be on FX today and was kind of inspired the subtitle of this podcast today because the streets are running red with blood of our own brothers and sisters here uh, in the Bengals offseason. And this tends to happen, but I think there's a particular reason for this, and we'll get to it here in a little bit. But yeah, uh, it's just a quite, uh, quite uh, too many fans arguing and yelling at each other when essentially everybody's goal is the same. Everybody wants to get to a championship and trusting the Bengals to get there. And coming from me, it's too many people that don't know shit about football or and or about how the Bengals run their organization historically. And they still just keep talking and, you know, just creating content for clicks. But, you know, no name calling. But I mean, y'all know exactly who you are. So let's get into it. Uh, yeah. So the Civil War, I mean, we kind of went through this a couple of years ago. It was the Penny Sewell versus Jamar Chase bit. And then now for the second year in a row, we have this issue about Joe Mixon. And we're going to talk about it more specifically here coming up. You know, Joe Mixon restructures his contract last year to be able to come back to the Bengals has what you would call an average season. The team had an average season too. And he's entering into his latter parts of his career. He's had a lot of touches, a lot of wear or, you know, on them tires, so to speak. There's a lot going on with him. And, you know, there's a decision that's going to need to be made within the next three weeks by the Bengals organization about what to do with Joe Mixon. And that's got everybody in their feelings. And again, I love Joe Mixon as a player. My son has his jersey. Like, it's not the fact that nobody likes Joe Mixon or as a person, a player, what he's done for Cincinnati. I mean, he has had some off the field mishaps, but I mean, overall, he's an absolute leader and captain on this team. But this is professional football in America, man. Like, there's a shelf life for everybody. It's the reason that Joe Montana winds up on the Chiefs. It's the reason that, you know, you see all these dudes playing for different teams near the end of their careers, even though they've been all-time greats. And Joe Mixon ain't an all-time great. You know, he's a very good running back that had played for the Bengals. They've already paid him a fairly large contract, which they had to restructure because the league is moving in a direction where you don't pay running backs. They made that mistake like a lot of other teams did, too. And it's just time to correct that mistake. But again, like I said, we'll get into it later. And of course, there's been some T. Higgins news and we'll get to that. So but let's get to all the news and notes before we get into all that. Hey, the first up before we get to fighting each other over words, uh, the Bengals are going to replace their turf. Uh, The turf that had been in there since 2018. 2018, they had the synthetic field turf in. They're going to go ahead and replace it with real field turf now uh, for the start of the 23-24-25 season. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of a big deal. I don't know enough about turf to know if this is good turf or bad turf. Is there injuries related to this particular turf? I, I don't really know. There has to be a reason that the Bengals are changing it. Um, you know, I know that synthetic turf has been on the ground there for a bit, and obviously you can make adjustments and patch and do all of those things. But, you know, over time, you know, it has to wear itself out. So they're going to go to the field turf. Uh, let's see what logo they wind up putting in the middle of the field. If it looks exactly the same, I know there's been some people that wanted that leaping tiger to show up, um, loved it when it happened. That leaping tiger is associated with some bad Bengals football. So we could leave it in the past. I'm perfectly okay with that. 
Also in the news and notes uh, came out this week that the salary cap for the NFL, the adjusted number came out about $30 million higher than what was anticipated. Um, all the experts will tell you that this was COVID money left over that was held back from the teams as they were coming through the pandemic. But now with, you know, record ratings and all of that, most watch Super Bowl, like all of those types of things, like there happens to be more money here now. So $30 million higher salary cap, which gives a lot of the teams a little bit of money to play with, to sign their players, re-sign some players, cut some people, sign somebody else's players, move money to the future, whatever you're going to do with that particular hit. And we'll talk about the Bengals and that extra money here in a bit. But we all know where that money came from, right? It's T-Sizzle, y'all. It's from Taylor Swift. They can tell you all these things and all those extra millions of dollars was from something else. But it, it was Taylor Swift. This is Taylor Swift money. Taylor Swift is, uh, you know, worth $30 million for each NFL team. My, my tongue is firmly in my cheek, by the way, as I say this. But good for the Bengals. And it gives them a lot of salary cap money, which we're going to get to later on in the show. No, it's actually right here. All right. So the Bengals, man, they got some cash. If you're on the YouTube part here, you'll see that the Bengals are what the sixth most team of salary cap space with about $72 million open for players. Um, that's a lot of money, y'all. What are the Bengals going to do with it? They have some players that they do need to resign on the lower end, which aren't going to take up much of that money. Um, Joe Burrow's extension money doesn't kick into next year so i'm sure they're going to roll ahead some of that money into next year as well as rolling that money for jamar's extension which will probably start next year as well typically speaking the Bengals like to roll somewhere between 10 and 12 million dollars into the next year so you can take that even if you go at 12 that means the Bengals have approximately what 60 million dollars in salary cap space then you got to subtract for what we're going to talk about later with t higgins and that um franchise tag if he winds up on the franchise tag, if they're not able to extend him or trade him. So, you know, you're again looking at 40 plus million dollars in salary cap space. Um, that's still a lot of money. You know, the Bengals have a major need at right tackle. They have a major need at defensive tackle. They have a minor need at tight end. So those things need to be addressed. But even if they don't keep T or they figure out an extension or something like that, they have enough money, even if they're rollover money, to be able to sign some player that can help them immediately. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't have to go out and sign a D-level right tackle and then draft a right tackle of the future. You know, they could probably sign a fairly B-level free agent at right tackle or a B-level free agent at defensive tackle and then draft out of their needs from there. You know, I know there's these, oh, the Bengals are going to try to get, you know, these A-level players, X, Y, and Z, and I think we all got spoiled by Orlando Brown signing last year, but I don't know that that's something to be looking forward to in the future. Maybe, but I, I'm not betting my the farm on it, but there's a lot of B-level dudes out there that they could sign and would benefit the team immediately that could come in and start so you're not so focused on the draft that you need to, oh, my God, we have to hit this right tackle at 18, and he has to come in and start. I, I, I've been on the record of saying every day you do not want a rookie right tackle protecting Joe Burrow's, you know, throwing hand side, a dude coming off an arm injury at that. Like, this is not what you need to happen. So, you know, the Bengals don't have any real good defensive tackles on the roster now except for B.J. Hill. So you're going to need to sign one. 
You know, again, we talked about this on the last show. What do you do about DJ Reader signing to a one year prove it deal? You know, you got to do something with this money. Now, the old school Bengals for sure would have done nothing. I, I've lived through this. This is who they over 40. They would have just kept that money and piled it on for whatever. They wouldn't have spent any of it. But I think they understand that they have a quarterback that can win them a Super Bowl and they need to do everything they can to make that happen. So we'll talk about that in the three pack of questions later. But uh, I, I think the Bengals are really going to, you know, Bengal go for it. Not guy go for it, push all the chips in, but Bengal go for it and push, you know, some of their chips in. All right, so there's the other news and notes. Again, this is water is wet news. The Bengals franchise tag T. Higgins. Everybody saw this coming. I'm sure he saw it coming. If he didn't, uh, I don't know what the hell his agent was telling him. But this was coming. The issue is that they did it so early. You know, like the fifth was the first day. You know, they could have opened the tag window now and signed him on the fifth. But or said they were going to do it on March the 5th, but they did it early. That creates all this speculation. And then this is part one of the Civil War. All right. So what do you do with T. Higgins? You really have these ideas, again, that we're going to talk about, about what to do with him. You know, tag, trade, play, extend. Like you have all of these choices out there about what to do. But at least right now that he knows. And then the, the really the worst case scenario is that T. Higgins comes back and plays on the tag like Jesse Bates did last year. And plays a year. Hopefully they win a Super Bowl and he can go sign a huge contract with some other team and, you know, via Condios, but we have a championship. That's the worst case scenario, really. You know, I mean, I, have, I guess if he came back and got injured, but I don't want to say that. But, you know, what I mean, like he's going to be a Bengal next year. All these Chiefs fans and Ravens fans thinking that he T. Higgins was going to sign with them. You're high. That was never going to happen. The Bengals were not going to let his rights go to anywhere. And please, I'm going to say this too, <sighs> make it clear. And in any tag and trade option, the Bengals are not trading T. Higgins within, I would say, the AFC, but certainly not within the AFC North. He's getting sent somewhere that they don't have to play him at a minimum more than once or it's in the Super Bowl. That's it. You know, oh, trade him in the division. Y'all are crazy. I swear to goodness, some of y'all don't know anything about football. Like, oh, yeah, they were going to, they'll trade him to the Chiefs. Are you nuts? They'd have to beat him to get to the Super Bowl. I, I, <sighs> I hate that expression to go outside and touch grass, but some of y'all really do need to just get outside, touch a little bit of grass, have some perspective on actually how this thing works, and have some historical understanding of how the Bengals work. The Bengals would never trade him within the division. Oh, well, they traded Carson Palmer. Yeah, because the Raiders were stupid enough to give him two first round picks. Nobody's going to be that stupid again not for T Higgins. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's basically where we are. This is coming off the news. Then the same day that they announced that they were applying a tag from Tony Pauline from sports Gita, that the Bengals were hopeful that they were able to get an extension done. So which is it, you know, is it Uchi Wally or one Mike? Are they going to try to sign him to an extension, lower that cap number, and then be able to use that money to sign other players? You know, or they're just going to apply the extension, you know, the tag and just ride it out just like they did with Jesse Bates the previous year. Like it's, you know, it's two opposite things here. Like, you know, I, I would imagine that he probably wants to stay in Cincinnati, but he also wants the bag. The Bengals probably want to give him some of a bag, but they're not going to give him this full bag that he might want, knowing full well that they have to give Chase the bag next year. 
you know, oh, well, you can't have two wide receivers, you know, they're paying that money. That's stopped. That's been done before to various levels of success. Oh, you can just trade him and let him go and nothing, and, you know, and find another wide receiver. Pause. Um, yeah, the Bengals have historically done well at drafting wide receivers, but there's some crappy ones that they've drafted too, you know, from your Cody Cores to your Tab Perrys to your Benny Brazels. There's a whole bunch of bad wide receivers that the Bengals, you know, drafted that didn't work out in latter rounds. So I, this idea that you can just replace him so easily, that that's y'all aren't thinking clearly either. But, you know, we'll see how it goes moving forward. I don't under, I mean, I'll talk about it when we get to that part of the show, but I, you know, I, I have a fairly strong opinion on this and I think it's going to be what it is just based on Bengal his history or whatever. All right. So in the last show, I put out there about the upcoming dates and, uh, you know, we talked about the draft and all those things that were coming the combines coming here and, uh, happening in a couple of days as well. Um, but one of the dates that I left off was the March 17th Joe Mixon cap hit of $3 million. Let that sink in. I'm going to take a sip. Ah, $3 million that Joe Mixon is going to have a guaranteed roster bonus on March the 17th. And the Bengals and he have to decide what they are going to do with that $3 million. Because if he's on the roster on March the 17th, they have to pay it. But do the Bengals want to pay it? Paul Daner and the Athletic did a whole breakdown of like, like it's time for Joe to go. Okay, Mixon, not Biden. It's time for Joe to go. And he's right. Like, we'll talk about it in a bit, but like a $3 million roster bonus, almost a $9 million cap hit for Joe Mixon. If he wants to come back, that's a different conversation, but he can't come back at a $9 million cap hit. Like, that's insane. So we have the clock countdown clock for that. You know, he said it was a clown show when people were chesting, asking him if he was going to be on the team when he said it was a clown show on Twitter. Oh, okay, bro. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I saw him at the University of Kentucky game the other day. Uh, so he's still obviously in the area. But we'll have to see how this goes, man. Um, again, I'm a big fan of Joe Mixon and what he does. But at $9 million, I'm not that big of a fan. So that's the first state of the questions, right? So even at a reduced cap hit, do you bring Joe Mixon back in a split? Like running back thing with probably at least a rookie. And Chase Brown. For me, the answer is no. You can't bring him back. He's not going to accept a reduced role. Not ha accept. He's not going to want to participate in that reduced role, even if you cut the salary. He already did that. Again, he had an okay season. Like, I mean, he, he, he is what he is at this point. He's an okay running back. But you can't be giving Joe Mixon the touches for 70% of the times at this point in his, in his career. He's a backup running back. But would he want to come back here to be a backup or he want to go, you know, as Hutch would say, chase a ring, go to Kansas City or something like that to chase that there? Like, I don't really know, but it ain't going to be in Cincinnati, at least not at that number. If they brought him back and had Chase Brown and Joe Mixon and a rookie, I'm not going to hate it. That's for sure. You know, let him run it out one more time at like a third of that price at like three million dollars for the season. 
Is he going to want to do that? Maybe he doesn't have a choice because any other team is going to be like, I'm not paying you that money either going into your age 29 season with all that wear and, and tear on your tires, sir. You know, this league has devalued running backs to the point of almost non-existence anymore. So unless you got Christian McCaffrey, somebody that is just a dynamic, you could probably find someone a little bit cheaper and get roughly the same uh, level of production. And it's going to suck. Like I said, my son has his jersey, man. I mean, we're big Joe Mixon fans as the football player. Some of his other shenanigans, obviously, we're not fans of. But, like, he's been a good dude outside of a couple of incidents in the community. Team captain. Nobody pumps up the team more than him. He's one of the first dudes down there. If somebody else scores a touchdown, we all love the dances. He throws balls to the kids in the stands. I mean, he's been a good dude for this team. And I don't want to lose him in some nasty contract dispute or something like that, which is why I was glad that they were able to restructure his contract last year to bring him back for one more run. But I think that one more run was last year and it's just time to move on. And that's the thing. And I didn't really improvise it at the, at the top. The Bengals and the Bengals fans are in a position right now where we really haven't been in where the Bengals have been consistently good and at championship contender status that's where we are right now and that's not something that the Bengals have been to continually so even under the years of Andy Dalton we weren't contender for championship status we were hey uh hopefully we can make the playoffs and win a game for the first time in 20 some odd years everything is different with Joe Burrow we're trying to win a championship and this is what causes the civil war you got people on both sides of this, like, oh, you got you know, that are loyal to Joe Mixon. You know, he's been there. He signed their kids' shoes, autographs. He's done all these things for them in the community. They saw him at Skyline. Like, they love Joe Mixon, and I get that part. But then you also have all these analytic nerds on one side being like, oh, well, he's only got 1.38 yards per attempt per blah, 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 all that nerd crap, which is valid, too. I'm not saying that it's not valid, but those two things aren't married together. You have people in their feelings about how they feel about the player. And then you have people in their numbers about what the player's production is. When those two things don't match up, you get this little civil war going on. And it's happening in the streets of Twitter uh, amongst Bengals fans. And again, the ultimate goal is for the team to win a championship with the best players that they are that they have that are available. Is Joe Mixon one of those 53 best players at this point in his career? Uh, I don't know about all that, especially given that you can get production from running backs. God, Isaiah Pacheco just started in the Super Bowl and he's a seventh round pick. So it's not like you can't win when you have a dynamic quarterback with a average to above average running back. And maybe Joe Mixon is that. Well, maybe he's not at this point, but you do have Chase Brown who proved in the short, you know, window that we had a chance to see him play, you know, that he could be a productive back in this league. Can he be an every down back? Um, hopefully, maybe. Can he get, you know, 60% of the carries and split with somebody else? Yeah, hopefully, you know, but I don't necessarily want to see that yet. You know, maybe the Bringles bring in a, you know, a veteran running back that's, you know, also getting cut because their salary is too high and can come in and split those carries and, you know, just be a breath of fresh air in the running back room. You know, he's, you know, Joe been here since Marvin, man. 
that's a long time ago at this point. So it's 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 probably time to go ahead and move on. It'll suck. However many years afterwards, we'll get his name in the um in, in the the Hall of Fame or the Ring of Honor, and that's great. But I think that's where we are, where we need to be with Joe Mixon at this point. Question two, y'all. What do you do if the Bengals with T. Higgins pay and play, extend, tag and trade? I alluded to this too, and I did have a strong opinion. You have to bring him back. It's either on a the tag, or you get the extension done. That's it. I know. Oh, you're gonna pay another wide receiver twenty one million dollars? Yes, he's a vital part of this team. Like that's it. If you're on YouTube, you see this freaking graphic here. Like, oh yeah, we're gonna start Yossi Voss and, Char- and Chuck Sizzle. What? What? They're your two other two wide receivers. Uh, Jamar Chase will never see daylight again. He's gonna get sucked. He'll be swallowed up in darkness at all times by every single team as they float a linebacker, a corner, and a safety over there. They'll never get him the ball. You know, oh well, the Bengals they'll sign a dynamic tight end. Okay, they'll sign another running back in the or a wide receiver in the draft. Uh, okay, good luck with that with Cody Core, Josh Malone. Y'all be forgetting them freaking misses. You know, why not just play it out for the year? You have the money. The league just gave you essentially thirty million extra dollars. Now you can pad that and sign the players that you need at right tackle, defensive tackle, and other spots that you need to to be able to get to a championship and win a championship with T. Higgins. If he wants to sign an extension, that's great. You know, like that agent has never signed an extension with the Bengals, so I don't think that that's a thing. He had to know that. They had to know that going in. I know they're going to give it their, you know, they made a valid offer to Jesse Bates, but he left to go play on a crappy team. He became an all-pro, but he's playing on a crappy team that has no chance of winning, and they won't have a chance of winning. Or if they do, it'll be at the end of his contract, and then they'll probably cut him because he'll be over the age of 30. You see how this game works? The players want their bags. The players want their money. He's not going to be taking a discount, nor he should he, to just stay in Cincinnati. I want him to get his money too. But him getting that big bag is after he plays this season on the tag with the Bengals. You know, and again, it is a risk. You know, he has been a little bit soft tissue injury, dude, and that can come up and that can hurt the Bengals or whatever. And they definitely need to be thinking down the road and drafting a wide receiver in a, you know, third, fourth round or whatever to be thinking about replacing T. Higgins later on. But for 24, 25, you're not winning a championship without T. Higgins, period. It's not going to happen. Having some rookie wide receiver, Yossi Voss and Chuck Sizzle over there is not going to win the Bengals a championship, period. You're being silly if you think otherwise, okay, or overtly optimistic. You know, the Chiefs broke everything by winning this freaking championship with, you know, some crappy wide receivers. But they also have, you know, maybe the GOAT quarterback and maybe the GOAT tight end. And maybe one of the, now that he's figured out how to win the big games, maybe one of the GOAT coaches. So, yeah, when you got all that involved, yeah, you might have a chance to win a championship. Uh, Bengals got a hopefully a GOAT quarterback, a, a really good wide receiver, but we ain't got no GOAT coach. They're not even close. 
So you might need to have all the talent on hand possible to make up for some of those shortcomings that you have on the team. And T. Higgins will help with that for a year. He'll hate playing on it. Every, you can do all your think pieces now when he doesn't show up for the mandatory mini camps and he's not there and he pulls the Jesse Bates and shows up after the second preseason game. He'll be in shape because he wants to go out, play, and get paid by some other team next year. That That's not going to be the issue, okay? But make sure that you run that man his money, sign that tag, and, you know, let that man get his freedom if he don't want to be here in Cincinnati and don't hate him for it. So what are your free agency predictions, y'all? Like I said, like the Bengals have a big load of money here. Even if you factor in T. Higgins franchise hit 40 plus million dollars to be able to sign players. Massive needs a defensive tackle and right tackle. What what are your predictions? You know, you think the Bengals going to swing for the fences, you know, like they did last, you know, two years ago. Within 10 minutes of the tampering period, they had already signed what Alex Kappa and uh, Ted Karras. You know, do they do that with like another offensive lineman? You know, maybe they bring Kevin Zeitler back. They've been flirting with it for years and bring him back to come back and play left guard and put Cordell Volson on the bench. That would be a, a big move. You're stealing from a rival. It's not going to be a big contract or anything like that, but it improves your offensive line greatly at that point. Are there some right tackles out there? You know, the Brown kid from New England, maybe you want to jump big. That would be a huge signing again. Or maybe you take it a little bit lower down, you know, Illuminor has been essentially tweeting themselves onto the Bengals here for the last few weeks uh, since the Super Bowl. Maybe you do that. I I feel that the Bengals are going to try to do something fairly large, though. Like it, it feels like they're loading up because they recognize that they lost out on that window year last year. Again, Burrow's injury didn't help anything with that. But I think they recognize that to be able to beat the Chiefs and to be able to compete in their division, which they only won one freaking game last year, they're going to need to be better than they were. So I I, I don't know the names. I don't know the players. But I definitely think the Bengals are going to be active in free agency, more active than they even have been in the last couple of years where they've been really active, you know, and try to address a lot of those needs so they don't have to reach for a pick at 18. And if they do sign a right tackle or they do sign a defensive tackle that of, of any name and note, I predict the Bengals are going to trade out of 18. They're going to trade back. They love to get extra picks. I hate the extra pick thing because, again, that extra fourth, fifth, sixth round dude. If you've ever listened to any of our stuff, Bengals players after round four, good luck. Milk cartons, car insurance salesmen, car sellers, COVID deniers. Like there's just a bunch of wackadoodles after round four through the Marvin years and really essentially on continuing into the Zach Taylor years. So, you know, I, I, I'm I'm more in the line of, hey, man, move some picks up to get the player that you want. But that's not the Bengals. That's not how they operate. And you got to accept that again. I know people oh the Bengals need to do this. They should do this. They're not going to do that, man. This is a mom and pop store. They're not going to be swinging for the fences all the time. Again, they're doing way more than they ever did. And if they had done some of these things under Marvin, we probably wouldn't have been having a the freaking hadn't won a playoff game in 30 year conversation. But B. Maybe, possibly, potentially, they could have won a championship. Probably not because of Tom Brady. But 
we wouldn't be having much of those other conversations if they had opened up the the purses and you know found and went out and got those players like they have done for Zach Taylor if they had done it for Marvin. All right, so it's mock draft Monday. If you're listening to this, uh, I did the mock draft live last time, but it was like weird TV, man. Like it's just trying to get that to work and the screen, the way it was cropped, it just do it. So I already ran my simulator, and again, it's only three rounds because say it with me, y'all. PFF be tripping. All right, so this was my draft. I drafted Amarius Mims in round one from Georgia. Uh, Jatavion Sanders, the tight end, in round two. And then Tavondre Sweat in round three. Sweat's not going to be there. He's going to be one of those, one of those athletic freaks and test out, of, test out of the third round in the combine. I know he's got some motivational issues, so that always does push people down. There's no way in hell he makes it to pick 80, for Pete's sake. But in this thing, you know, you address the offense at two positions that are needed. You know, and again, maybe you even take Mims, even if you sign a right tackle in free agency, but you damn sure better sign a tight or draft a tight end and probably early because of your freaking ridiculousness of not drafting one last year. It was the dumbest thing the Bengals had ever done or one of the dumbest things they'd ever done is to just let all those tight ends go last year and then come up, you know, Dalton Kincaid. Oh, they didn't think he was going to get picked before them. Then go up and get him. Gosh, darn it. Go freaking jump somebody and go get it. What would it cost you like a third round pick? Whipty damn do. Okay. So, yeah, uh, that's that. You need a tight end. You need a tackle. You got your defensive tackle there. So you kind of cover a lot of the bases. And again, these dudes would need to come in. But if you sign a right tackle, if you sign a defensive tackle, they come in. But they're not coming in to start. They're just coming in to get snaps, which is what they need to do you know, take up some snaps from the veterans so they don't have to play as much and be, you know, pretty good players. And that's really all that you need at this point. You need veteran players to win championships. You got to mix in some young guys here and there, but the Bengals have already done that, especially on offense because they're secondary. I don't think any of them are 25 outside of Mike Hilton. Okay. So those dudes need to be able to step up and play kind of like we saw in Kansas city this year. Do step up, they play, you mix in some of these younger dudes to take some of the snaps away from the veterans as these other younger players start to mature. And that's how you start to get younger, quicker, better, faster on defense and offense to help push you over the over the edge uh, when you're dealing with championship teams like the Chiefs. All right. So that's it, y'all. Last last time I did this show, I wasn't sure if I shared this actual slide if you're on facebook or whatever or um youtube about i need this moment uh, you know hudge and i talk about this all the time about um you know i don't know how many we'll get them next year as we got left in us again this is who they over 40 we've been fans for over 40 years of the Bengals and over the age of 50 I, you know i ain't got too many more like we'll get them next year's in me man the Bengals need to compete and do this sooner than later for their own purposes and, you know, selfishly for our own purposes, you know, I need to have this moment with my brother and my son. You know, if you're on YouTube, you know, where LeBron won that championship when he went back to Cleveland, like he's just crying like a, you know, a crazy person, you know, and hugging Kevin Love like that. I need to have that moment like where this is just like, I didn't think this was ever going to happen in my lifetime. It did. I'm so happy. I'm so crazy. I'm so whatever. And I, I, I need to have this moment. So Cincinnati, you need to make this happen at the best of your ability. 
again, I'm trusting in the fact that they know what more of what they're I'm doing or they're doing than what I'm talking about. I'm just another fan. And I think a lot of people need to accept that fact for themselves too. You're just fans, man. And there's nothing wrong with that. You want them to do well. You're trusting in freaking Duke Tobin and Zach Taylor and all these people to pick the players that they think are going to be the best. If it works, great. If they don't, oh, well, that sucks too. But, I mean, to people to get online and pretend that they know more about this because they got all these nerd numbers and draft nick crap, it's y'all really need to shut up, honestly. Just be fans, seriously. Just be fans, cheer for the team, hope for the best. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see them in February, hopefully. All right. That's it for today's show, y'all. Like I said, it's just me again. There's nothing wrong with me. Hutch is out in the ether. We'll get to him at some other time. I know he always has exit music, so we have no exit music or whatever this week. But I'll be back uh, either midweek if we have some news or next Sunday to talk about, uh, well, the combine, actually, and see who, who tested out of pick 18 for the Bengals. <laughs> That's basically what how it happens. Like, man, the Bengals had their eye on that dude, and then he runs a 4-3. Four, 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 and, yeah, he tested himself out of that, and the Bengals never have shot at him if they trade up. I got my T. Higgins shirt on, y'all. Extend. That's the hope. But tag and play. That's probably what's going to happen. We'll see y'all on the other side, everybody. Peace.